You're listening to a podcast from the Media Motel. Coming up this week in episode 431, spot the singer, The Revenge, grumbling about restaurants and now that's what I call music. That's all coming up right after Sugar Ray and Every Morning. I'm stretching the one-hit wonder theme here as they had a couple of other rather minor hits, but back in 1999, when the album it's from was released, the New Musical Express reviewed it as a hellishly difficult album to hate. Though why anyone would <laughs> to hate it, I don't know. It's an NME-esque phrase, isn't it? We really wanted to hate this, but couldn't. Yeah, exactly. Earwormy hook, great riff, terrific production. It reached number three on the Billboard Hot 100, number 10 over here in the UK. From April 1999, Sugar Ray and Every Morning. That was that was everywhere. That was so popular. I remember that being constantly all over the radio. It's one of one of the very few big American radio hits that translated over here. I think I remember that one week by uh, Bare Naked Ladies and uh, Still My Sunshine by Lem, which we had oh, fairly fairly recently. Is. I think they were all very big sort of radio play hits of, in America that somehow managed to find a big audience over here. Welcome to the podcast from the Parish Council. It's episode 431. I'm Terence Stackham. And with rumours persisting that she'll be back on Radio 2 at Christmas, let's get to the truth. 
It's Juliet Harris. Yes, hello. That was very surreal when I wasn't actually listening to it at the time and then got a sort of flurry of text messages from people saying I'd just been mentioned again on Radio 2. So who knows? I may yet come back for a Christmas appearance. But in the meantime, delighted as ever to be on the one and only Parish Council podcast. Indeed. So hello. Indeed. And on to our developing opening feature, now so hmm. popular, it's destined for primetime TV on a Saturday <laughs> evening. Uh, moving over by Danny Dyer, de- I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. Um, (laughs) what a terrible thought Um, it's called Spot the Singer and this is um, edition 11 Mm. um, but there's a new twist I've been told about this I hope it's not in space or something I I haven't told you what it is but I did tell you there was a twist so I advised Juliet that she will need a pen and paper and so might you the listener or if you can remember five things then you'll probably be fine without the pen here's the deal I'm going to play you a 30 second segment I've created this week it 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 contains five different singers or bands and it it features spoken bits in big hit records so five hit songs through the generations five spoken segments Mm. so no shazamming or sound hounding mega mix of pain isn't it 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 is but i i think i've made this one you know not too hard i hope though i hope that's not you know setting you up to (laughs) fail overestimating my after after the clip juliet will be your spokes uh, person so as i haven't made it too hard i I hope i think i think she'll get them so um as it's a new variation there's 10 points on offer five points (laughs) for the artists five for the title and if you get six out of ten jewels you win excellent okay now, uh, uh, so what I want to know is who are these five singers or bands and the five songs, five hit songs, five spoken segments? What is he like? What is he like anyway? The tears I cry are tears of pain. They're only to hide my guilt and shame. I know I can't hide from a memory, though day after day I've tried. I keep saying she'll be back, but today again I've lied. A few questions that I need to know. How you could ever hurt me so. I need to know what I've done wrong. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to get through this thing called life. Well, now, Juliet, how did you go? Did you have a pen and paper? or are you? That okay. went very quickly. I, I did struggle to keep up, I must admit, a little bit. But, um, okay, so I've got definitely got four out of ten, I think, with a, a sort of guess of the last one, I think. Okay. So do you want to go from one 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 through? Yeah. So what was the so, first one? So one was Buffalo Stance by Nina Cherry. Correct. Two points Correct. in the bag. I did, not know, I did not know what two was, I'm afraid. Okay. Come back to that. It was a big hit. Okay. Did not know what three was either. Okay. Uh, number four was All Saints, Never Ever. Yes. And I I might have this wrong, but I thought number five might be Come Together by Primal Scream. Oh, my goodness me. Now, you you know is the answer to yeah, that. Yeah, right. Gosh, so that's uh, four. That's now, we've got, we've got to try and squeeze you two points out somewhere to, to get you a victory right. here. Okay. Which is the one that you thought you might go back to? Um, well, I, uh, I found two came in very quickly after one, so I found that tricky. But, but I tell you what, let's just say this is my opening salvo. So if you would you like I'll... to hear it again? Okay, yes. Okay. But let's hear the whole thing again. That yeah, that's be... what I mean. The whole thing. Okay. What is he like? What is he like anyway? The tears I cry are tears of pain. They're only to hide my guilt and shame. I know I can't hide from a memory, though day after day I've tried. I keep saying she'll be back, but today again I've lied. A few questions that I need to know. How you could ever hurt me so. I need to know what I've done wrong. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to get through this thing called life. Did that help at all? Well, I will guess at number two. Yes. Has it been Around the World by Lisa Stansfield? No. I don't know. We're going to have to give this up, I think. Okay. (laughs) There was the Human League. Oh, okay. And they hit Human. 
Ah, okay. Oh, no, I think I might possibly. Is the last one Let's Go Crazy by Prince? Yes, you've got, your, you've got your points. You've done it. You've got your six points. You've, you've you've won. I knew you would. Eventually, yes. And what was number three? The middle one was The sh- Shy Lights and Have You Seen Her? Oh, do you know, have I've you seen her? That if you'd played the whole song, I should you think. You wouldn't I'm, have known it. No, probably not. Before but your I, time, admitted. I've enjoyed that very much. That was it was it was very fast and furious though. Yeah, I'm glad that I suggested you needed the the. Yes, the paper. I would not have coped without without. Yeah. A, yeah, but you've got your six points. You've got the um the parish council checkbook and pen. Uh, <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> now I'm all in favour of sitting here all puffed up with the answers in front of me and uh, testing you, Jules. But I've got a shiver of horror racing coursing through my veins as i understand that you and i can scarcely believe it intend to quiz me with a spot the singer yes now this is really quite hard but i'm more i think we can more celebrate in just how terrible this is which is usually most of those spot the singer tunes this week were genuinely good tunes mm. lots of the ones we've had in the past have not been which has been sort of part of the feature really so i will play you this I will give you a clue afterwards because I suspect okay. you'll probably need it. So this track is largely instrumental with a vocal bit at the end. So I will play you a little bit of the instrumental bit before the vocal comes in. We'll be the change, we'll be the change. We'll build a fair and make a change for you. We'll be the change, we'll be the change. Are you feeling suitably inspired by that? Uh, uh, that was pretty horrible, wasn't it? I, I, um, initially, I thought it, the instrumental bit was going to be some sort of BBC Ski mm. Sunday or sort of snooker highlights type <laughs> music. And then it sounded like some awful uh, We Are The World type, yeah. everybody with their hands in the air waving. I haven't got the faintest idea. So it's, so it's not in, it, it, if you were to go along the lines of the Norman Baker track you played for me the oh. other week. Goodness me, it's not an MP, is it? Well, so... A politician. I, well, it, it is the... It's someone... So what happened is, I can tell you... I'll tell you the story and then I'll tell you who it is. Mm. So uh, my, my tip my hat to the Red Box podcast from the Times this week, which I always enjoy. And they had staffers from the major political parties from times past uh, sort of talking about funny slash terrible things that their parties did during election campaigns. They had Polly McKenzie, who was responsible for the 2010 Liberal Democrat campaign, amongst others. And they tried to deal with the problem that... that major political parties have when they select music by bands who then moan that, oh, the, yes. that, the, that the political party they wouldn't choose use their track so in order to get around this the um the liberal uh, the liberal democrats decided they would pen their own song oh, which God. they then constructed a choir of uh, staffers supporters um to sing that song so with um will be the change that works for you that was the ld community Community Choir, a.k.a. lots of one can only consider fairly long-suffering Liberal Democrat staffers singing their self-pained theme for the 2010 general election. My word, no, no, that would have lost them plenty of votes. Well, so, and Mackenzie complained about the fact that she still gets this as an earworm now, <laughs> uh, nine years on, where she was subjected to that every day in the office for the entirety of the short campaign. So I uh, so can't believe that they're there, but it also fits into your one-hit wonders theme, by the way they did not have anything else in their back no. and i'm not even sure it it, it it defines the word it really coming right up first world problems personified dining gripes of the chattering classes <laughs> i don't know why we bother to eat really so much of our topics <laughs> about the fact that we hate food that's right after a song that likens men to chewing gum uh, this is annie
continuing on the th- the food theme but I guess the whole point of chewing gum is that you're not meant to eat it isn't it really but still I've always been rather fond of that it is literally when people say bubble gum pop well it sort of is isn't it really it's chewing gum pop I really like that from the brilliantly titled um, album Animal that was Annie and chewing gum and I could never understand why that wasn't a bigger hit than it was it's very strange I'm not sure what I was doing in 2004 but that song passed me by completely and I'm it's sh- shorter, isn't it I'm sure that's the first time i've heard it it's very odd but anyway i love the track that you're linking to it a bit later on i should say absolutely uh, yes continuing with my sort of semi-regular feature well it's been fairly regular the last few weeks hasn't it of uh, hmm. songs that are sampled by other songs or songs that, that are built around famous samples this week i was reading a story through mail online um no wait, mm-hmm. wait. i was gonna say <laughs> wait, come back everyone come back, everyone and i did my usual thing of biting onto their clickbait and thinking to myself oh this is an outrage <laughs> this is outrageous into it. and then my usual next step of a couple of minutes later saying thinking to myself well hold on this doesn't matter at all it's totally insignificant now mm. I'll, I'll leave it to you to decide if this lady is the ultimate snowflake or whether she needs to pull down <laughs> that, the that's my wrestling name ultimate snowflake <laughs> <laughs> whether she needs to pull down the entire empire of greg's the baker uh, for what she calls all my worst fears happening at once now i stress oh, i'm I'm not mocking mental health. I really would be the last person to do that, I promise. But here we go. Um, See what you make of this. 21-year-old lady, um, she goes into her local Greg's in Surrey. I won't mention it. Which is a good start, you'd think, because I like a bit of Greg. So, you know, that would be a good start of a good day for me. I'm not going to name her because I don't want to make her, you know, look foolish or anything. She asked <laughs> uh, that herself, I sense. Well, she goes into this Greg's and asks for pizza, and the server says, and now I'm going to quote from this from this lady's uh, memory. The server said, "Oh, you're in here every day. You're going to get sick of this eventually." And that's it. The chap threw in some bants. Uh, Maybe he shouldn't have. But the young woman then did what all 21-year-olds might uh, do in that situation. She leapt onto Facebook. and. uh, (laughs) said she leapt onto the gounder. I was going to say, wow, I'm going to direct for that, yeah. she sort of ranted about the whole experience, um, saying that um, the, the chap picking on her by saying you're in here every day, you're going to get sick of this eventually, uh, made her suffer terribly. Uh, it was, all, as she said, my worst fears happening at once. Mm. And uh, she you know, said, it, "Involve Greg's, and you really do have had a sheltered life." I feel, yeah, and it, 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 you know, it really affected her, and uh, everything was awful. So the outcome, to cut the long story short, the outcome was Greg's offered her an apology and a voucher. Mm. for six pounds wow that is well i mean that, to be fair that's quite a lot of pizza from greg's <laughs> when some commenters um on facebook suggested that she'd overreacted she deleted the whole post so we don't know if she spent the six quid on pizza but it's probably fair to say that this woman would list greg's the baker uh their their bants and lols as one of her dining gripes mm. and this week jules you've been looking into other restaurant groans from both the restaurateur and a customer indeed yes so so we've got the two ends of the newspaper spectrum here we've got a, an article from a, your 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 mail online as i <laughs> and also my guardian as you uh. insist on calling it for me so uh, so we've got um uh, we've got uh, this this art uh, um this sort of uh this chap is let me have a look russell norman or as um a, a lax sub calls him later on in the article mr no man um oh, save, hashtag save our subs um russell norman is the um proprietor of a Venetian, um, a Polpo Venetian restaurant, which I'd heard of Polpo, but I didn't quite knew they have it. I had a Venetian arm, but anyway, he's, um, I, I'm with him on a lot of this actually because they're just very irritating ticks. So he says, 
he finds it irritating that there are artisanal bread and hand cut chips. He points out, not unreasonably, an artisan is simply someone who has a special skill. So for describing your bread as artisanal means made by a baker. An artisanal cheese is guess what? Made by a cheesemaker. So all they're doing is they're they're describing the fact that somebody with expertise has made the food, which in a way is worrying. I think if you go to a restaurant and only, only some things are artisanal, what it makes me think is, hang on. So you had an actual baker make the bread, an actual cheesemaker make the cheese, but a mechanic down the road made the lettuce. <laughs> you haven't actually said that it's artisanal lettuce. What they're basically admitting is that most of their food is put together by untrained relatively unskilled teenagers who they're paying the minimum wage which let's face it those kids work hard but that is largely what is happening in a lot of these restaurants so it is seems rather self-defeating to me really he also finds hand cut pointless because because it describes chips to which he says as opposed to what how else would you cut something with a knee i mean i can i can see him on this as well although maybe what they're saying is someone actually bothers to chop these rather than you know putting them in something machine yeah he he has issues with people that tell you to enjoy your meal when they put it on the on the table i thought you might have some sympathy with this it's a it's a little bit um he describes it as appallingly insincere adding i want to reply don't you tell me what to do <laughs> but it, i'll be the judge of that which is ever so slightly less obnoxious but not really but instead i grimace a rictus smile fixed onto the mask that hides my sobbing soul i mean i do feel he's gone a bit over the top but i can see his point he's also said um which is asking is everything okay um, to which I always feel like saying, well, actually, I've got this really terrible backache. I wonder if you can help me with that. <laughs> what you should be saying is, do you have everything you need? I do think that is better, better mm-hmm. sort of thing. He also um, he also has an issue with people that are insisting that they don't use pens and paper because they can remember everything. It, it reminds me of the disaster that was Ed Miliband's 2014 conference speech, which he insisted on memorising and then didn't talk about the deficit and didn't talk about immigration. So I wonder if he had spent his time working in a Pizza Express as a youth and that is what maybe took him to that um he also feel like uh, he also takes aim at staff who ask if he understands the restaurant's concept he says you feel like shouting it's okay we get it you we order the food and you bring it to the table that's the concept isn't it also enjoying and this is my number one gripe and also one of my favorite twitter accounts he says another gripe includes the novelty crockery chips are often served in such as flower pots and toy shopping trolleys there is an excellent twitter account called at we want plates that that has increasingly surreal examples of stuff that uh, my favorite was a full english served on a spade i mean they're they're, 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 you know that it does seem to be disappointingly novel i must admit it does seem a bit uh he doesn't like somalia sniffing corks either um mm. however zoe williams said she, she from the guardian says she disagrees with lots of these but i think that her legitimate hates about restaurants are much more realistic i think they're much more connected to people people in the real world like you say consumers parsimonious time slots so can you you have to be in our table at half six you can't be late and you must be out by eight i find that a little bit stressful i must admit no way of booking so so i have to say i'm increasingly losing patience with restaurants that won't book because in the end they defeat themselves because they they what they're saying is all you know you can pop in and of course they become victims of their own success Mm. they become so popular i have better things to do than stand on st leonard's seafront freezing my what's it off for half an hour to in in the hope to eat at a restaurant which is five minutes from my house i find that all i find Mm. that very tedious menu patter so this is not a dissimilar thing she said, why do you spell out the price in words when perfectly good numbers exist? I do not need to know that a Scott Jeg is £5 written in words. Um, what she describes as chat on the menu, I, I describe this as innocent fruit smoothies syndrome, which, you know, there's often a lot of chat on the side with innocent fruit yes, smoothies. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think it's lovely that that fruit's really happy until I remember that fruit doesn't have feelings. Fruit is fruit. It's a plant. It's not, you know, as Eddie Izzard once put it, groovy fruit that agreed to be in the jam. I mean, you know, it, it, it's not, it's not, you know, it's not a thing. They don't have, you know, strawberries don't have personality traits. So, you know, so you get this chat on the menu. We love this little farm and they produce the best damn offal within 50 miles, etc. Um she says, uh, she says, when the duck and waffle opened on Bishopsgate, this is ethical sentences that make <laughs> sense in London. The menu honestly stated all our ingredients 
are seasonally sourced from all over the world, which is entirely meaningless given that everything is in season somewhere in the world. Mm. It's like the old cocktail sort of a cocktail trick. It's always five o'clock somewhere in the world. So you you can always drink at any time you like, basically. Um, Upselling, so sommeliers that try to convince you that you should be buying more, a more expensive bottle of wine than the one that you want as well. Or, or this, this applies to other things as well. So anyone warning you that you will still be hungry if you don't order a starter. I've never been anywhere where I've been forced to order things. I've been asked somewhat pointedly if I don't want a starter or or why I don't want dessert. I just find this all very strange. There is so much. and Eating out can be lovely. If you eat somewhere nice, it can be, and the staff are pleasant, it can be quite an uplifting experience in its own way. But uh, otherwise, I have to say, I do I do find this uh, I find I find this kind of just these obnoxious trains to be so, you know, it's just and and worrying as well, because it makes me think if you're spending all this time uh, ethically sourcing spades upon which to serve my food, you're not spending that much time or attention on what it is I'm actually eating. I, I, I find it to be a distraction, which then makes me worry about what's wrong with the main event, which is actually meant to be cooking me decent food and serving it to me on time in a non obnoxious manner. I just want to go back to number nine mm. on Russell Norman from Polpo, his list. Um, you mentioned it as a way to saying, don't worry, I'll remember everything. Yeah. And only a few days ago, literally in the last uh, week, my sister and my niece came to visit mm. and we went to lunch at an upmarket hotel in Runnymede. And uh, along comes the waiter to take the drinks and food order. And I queried that, you know, he didn't have a notebook. Uh, and of course, don't worry, I'll remember. And he said, and he was tapping his temple as he did so, as if to say, you know, you're questioning me. Me, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Memory Man, yes. Well, no prizes for guessing the scene. A little while later, the order, you know, the order, of course, was was wrong. And um, I said to my, my my sister and niece i had this, i came up with this idea and what i think i'll do in future i'm going to turn up at all restaurants um with a small pad and pen and i'll take the order from everybody around the table and write it all down and then the, when, when the waiter or waitress hoves too uh, i'll say there you there you go it's all written down there for you it's, it's kind of passive aggressive but a, a, a workable solution but but yes or, or maybe you see i would be even worse than you i would write it all down and then when he got the order wrong i would say no this is this is is yeah. this card you were thinking of you know this is it it it's very tedious, isn't it? It's, 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 you know, and they say pride always comes before a fall and empty vessels make the most noise. I bet you, bet your bottom dollar that nobody competent has ever gone, oh, I can just remember all this. The people that can remember it all are the people that are writing it down because they're self-aware and intelligent enough to know that they want to do a proper job. I know. I think possibly it's a male thing as well. I don't remember many women doing this over the years. It's generally men who seem to be proving that they're the alpha male amongst uh, the hierarchy there because, hey, I can remember. They never do. Um, Absolutely. Yes. And, uh, you know, so people people of Britain, stop doing that. (laughs) Coming next. Now, that's what I call music. It's uh, it's the sensation, the miracle, really, of music (laughs) compilations. Um, that's right, after this fiery soul track suggested by listener Steve Woolley. Um, it's a new track from the Soul Messing All Stars. Easy at a half 
that's that's such a terrific track. They're from Melbourne, um, where I've learnt actually that there's an energetic soul scene uh, afoot. This track was suggested uh, by listener Steve Woolley. It's a new single featuring Josh Teskey on vocals, the Soul Messing All Stars, and Solar Go Go. I thought that was excellent. I hadn't heard that before. And once again, another superb listener suggestion very much well um, my sister is featuring in another anecdote now because i'm going to mention your sister right she's a, she's everywhere she's taking over this podcast this week um, in the production team that we thank you <laughs> yeah. um i'm going to mention what i bought her for christmas back in 1983 <laughs> when she was 15 and suddenly there was a way of giving someone 30 hit tracks with no filler and all of them Current, mm. current hits. It was an incredible breakthrough. And in, in, in this particular case, there were 11 number ones amongst the 30 tracks. This was, of course, way before the Internet, long before streaming. And the only way that anyone could compile a tape of hit tracks by 30 different acts would be to hover with your finger over the record button of your tape machine as the DJ. And 1983 was the mm. Tommy Vance era of presenting the chart countdown. And the DJ would rattle his way through the chart and you tried to avoid the the gabble as you punch down on record for each of the tracks so how much better to to present my 15 year old sister with now that's what i call music volume one and um jules it's been an overwhelming success ever since it has yes and so i I, i'm sort of become very re-engaged with now albums I, i had them when i was younger and like you say it was a good way without having to tape the whole chart i did have several on tape that um that we that we used to be able to just have all the hits at once like you say um so so i i recently have started collecting them on vinyl i know you do not understand my love of vinyl but it's something that you've come to I turn- understand collecting these yeah, yeah as, so, as a memorabilia really absolutely yeah so so I've started to collect these on vinyl, so I've got the first four. Beautifully, uh, two friends of mine, a couple bought me a, a now four last year for my birthday. I think it was the year before because it was made in the year I was born, so they thought that would be a nice thing to buy me, which is really nice. Um, as a DJ, they're quite useful things to have yeah. because you've got lots of things at once. So if you're doing an 80s disco or something like that, they're very helpful things to have. So I love having the sort of the, 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 the big copies, and everyone I've spoken to can remember the first now album that they had so my first now album was now 35 um my a better half's first now album was now 14 so i was a bit of a late adopter now wise considering there's not a huge gauge gap between the two of us um but the the other reason why i enjoy them is for their time capsule nature and i remember sort of giggling with someone the other day my memories of being when i was at university we had a, a communal cd tape type player in our front room that had three slots in it and there was a third two of the slots were always occupied by certain bands usually bare naked ladies and rem because they were bands that the whole house agreed on but everyone would take it in turns to occupy the third slot and somebody went home one weekend and came back with all of their old now albums that they had had at home i think that that, uh, um unhappy parents had insisted that they finally clear out some of their stuff in the attic and they found some of these now albums and brought them back and so i hadn't i didn't know about this so i wasn't sure why when i walked into our front room i'd fallen down some sort of time loop which resulted in this was in the early 2000s in the entire front room singing sunshine on a rainy day by zoe and i said why have i suddenly walked into 1993 or whenever it was but apparently they would found their old now album so uh, so i love the time catching elements of them um i'm quite a big quizzer as listeners know mm. and i have got um indicted well not exactly addicted but really into a quiz site called sporkle right. which is sporkle.com so it says so it's a worldwide quiz site mostly it has an american slot but there are quite a few british quizzes and you can upload your own quizzes so there are thousands upon thousands mm. of, of a kind of user generated quizzes which i think are fact checked mostly and and there are some really excellent quizzes on there and there are people that have uploaded so there is there's two types of now that's what i call music quiz that i've been playing one is just a list of songs and they give you the list of songs for each each numbered compilation you have to guess the person or even better they have clips so they play clips Uh and sort of a a five to ten second clip of each song and you have to name the name of the song it's not you you can't name the artist you have to name the name of the song and then that reveals the name of the song and the artist and i love it simply because 
like you say, you say that now albums are all are all killer, no filler, but it's such an acid test of what music has stood the test of time. Mm-hmm. I genuinely find it really kind of interesting. And also bands that were huge at the time that you had no idea about now. I mean, for example, you might remember, does the name Louise mean anything to you in a pop sense? Oh, let's go round again, Louise. Yes, well, exactly. Yeah. So, Louise Nerding, as she yes. then was. Redknapp. Jamie Redknapp. Redknapp, yeah. as she is, well, or soon to be yeah. ex-wife, disappointing. Yeah. But, uh, but, yes, she was a member of Eternal. She split off for a solo career. So, you say, um, you, you, you mentioned that particular tune. So, how many hits do you think Louise had? That's the only one I know. Absolutely. Um, so I've uh, never met anybody okay. that could remember more than one or two Louise hits. Yeah. But between the years 1995 and 2003, when she was when hmm. she was active in her pop career, so even in 2003, hmm. so she had one, two, three, four, five. So she had, in terms of top 20 hits, yeah. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve top 40 hits, wow. 20 hits, and and I think t- uh, 10 of those were top 10, wow. or nine of those were top 10. Yeah, so she was really successful. And so one of the lessons <laughs> of these Now albums is if you can't guess the singer, then the answer, and it's a female, and you think that the song was by a woman, the answer is usually Louise. Um, <laughs> Also, Robbie Williams, like him or not, appears to be ever present for, you know, from the from the, mm, from the 90s onwards, 32 top 40 hits. Wow. I mean, it's amazing. I know wow. we bemoaned his Christmas record, the yes. other week, but it's amazing to think just how successful bands are. Other sort of observations from, from now albums, um, pop music never really recovers. Or rather, what pop music does is en- the industry endly try- endlessly tries to grab onto things that work. So so once one boy band, once Boyzone was successful, you then had to put up with basically about three years of saccharine ballads by both men and women. Um, the Honeys, number of hits, suspect you probably don't remember them. No, uh, don't at all, this, number of hits but suspect you don't remember them damage they had a number of hits suspect you don't remember them the the, the amount of boy bands and girl bands who had a number of hits and we probably don't remember now Mm. the desperation to re sort of reproduce things um also sort of post baggy pre-Britpop 90s music was a wasteland according to these. I mean, there's one album where literally the, the own it was, it was, whenever you're listening to Catherine, it is a relief to hear the chicken song from Spitting Image. One does wonder, don't you? Don't they yeah. really? And it's so, so I find it quite an interesting sort of look into the psyche of the music industry and the stuff that is successful and the attempts to, to replicate that. Also, Everyone loves a cover. So, so many covers. The and, and the, the the trend for tacky trance covers of of, uh, of 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 original songs. So, Boys of Summer by DJ Sammy. They really became um, DJ Otz's Hey Baby. They became this sort of anything that had been a hit between about '62 and uh, and sort of the late '80s was then given the sort of happy clappy, happy hardcore <laughs> kind of backbeat sort of synthetic chip monkey vocals treatment it was it was very easy to see how dominant Britpop was briefly as well and and perhaps how the, I think we talked about this previously that the, the age of streaming appears to have made music somewhat genreless because it is so easy to buy individual tracks that music seems to have collapsed into everything sounded like everything else there are less distinct genres than they used to be I don't actually think listening back to the now albums to me, it didn't. I don't think that is the age of streaming because when the Britpop sort of industry was in full swing, it was very obvious that now albums, particularly the ones I had, the sort of the mid 30s ones, uh, they were it, it divided into what were very obvious sort of sections. So, in other words, sides of the tape, I think, for each one. Oh, there yeah. would usually be a pop side, a dance side, an R&B slash urban side and a sort of Britpop rock side. But what was very interesting was when Britpop continued, 
there were certain bands that always appeared on their albums, whether or not they were they were any good, I think, because <laughs> because they were just like, oh, quick, we need to fill the Britpop side of the tape. So embrace a fairly regular appearers. Cast are quite often to be found. Um, yeah, bands that you don't remember as being Manson, surprisingly prolific on uh, on 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 those sort of tapes. And so when when that kind of stops and they run out of Britpop bands to sort of fill up the sides we then start to lose all definitions so so by the end by the end of the noughties you're getting the or it shows the collapsing guitar music after that you're getting the kind of odd song here and there interspersed i i would recommend that people do this from start to finish if you've got an interest in pop music and and basically being a massive nerd about pop music and trends in pop music because i think that pop music is like television in that they're often kind of dismissed as fluff but actually they can be quite a good indicator of the sort of state of the nation and the mood of the nation really and it's very interesting that i noticed that the early sort of the late 80s early 90s and then 2008 2009 around those times when we were in recession there were loads of ballads loads and loads of ballads but it felt like there were lots of ballads and that music was quite you know quite quite sort of downbeat and it's interesting that sort of take that career all pop career boy band apart from westoff all all boy band careers start up with upbeat numbers and then they become serious and therefore depressed in their musical output we (laughs) talked previously about take that's dolorous um slightly Mm. s&m referencing video cover of how deep is your love it's Mm. it's very it's very peculiar so so I would recommend if you want to trip down memory lane, either sort of pure nostalgia going, oh, yes, I've forgotten how much I love this song. Uh, my favourite rediscovery, the brilliance that is Sleeping Satellite by Tasman mm. Archer, which no one ever knows the title of because we all know it as I blame you for the moonlit sky. That's what <laughs> everybody calls it. Day by Shakespeare's sister. Again, that kind of recession era ballads that were really kind of great. It's, it, it's lovely to be reminded of records which time has forgot, but equally there is an awful lot of rubbish that is forgotten for a reason. I was fascinated to learn as I looked into this, the uh, the popularity of the new mm. series. Um, around the, it's the popularity around the world. And that, um, so it's not just in the UK, there's a massive franchise around the world. Even Saudi Arabia has its own, now that's what I call Arabia set, which has been running really? since... I did not know this, that's fascinating. It's been running since the year 2000. And yeah, that, that was a bit unexpected for me. So... Yeah, I'm not sure if there's a long-term future for now and other hit compilations as people turn to um, setting up their own playlist digitally and so on. Yes, I think that hurts them, doesn't it, really? Yeah, it must do. But what a lovely breakthrough that was. 36 years ago, um, now that's what I call music. Well, now, thanks very much for listening and um for as, being always, in... as always i'm surprised you're here but delighted nonetheless and thanks to you those of you've been in touch uh with us if you, if you have that's been lovely too um thanks to rona and hilly for all their help yes shout out to the production massive and there, there were some great singles released in 1980 in mm. 1981 it was a really good year but jules you've picked my favorite of them all to play us out well, that is uh, that is very kind of you to say so, and I'm delighted that as always we beat as one. Well, as always, as, as occasionally we beat as one. <laughs> on so I, that Annie track I, I loved at mm. the time, and it was I think it was one of the first things I bought on iTunes, if I remember correctly, because it was one of those songs that I'm not sure I would have bought a whole album. But I thought, oh yeah, I used to really like that, and so it was it was much championed by Pop Bitch at the time. I think not Pop Bitch, the other one, Pop Justice, much mm. much champ. Peter Robinson there much championed. It. I think it's genuinely brilliant pop. What I hadn't realised despite being a huge Talking Heads Tina Weymouth fan I didn't realise how heavily Annie's track sampled this but it's it's and then weirdly as luck would have it I then wandered into my local record shop where I'm flutter and they were playing this whole album and I very much enjoyed it so I thought now was the time to pick this this is the excellent Tom Tom Club led by Tina Weymouth formerly of Talking Heads and this is Genius of Love <laughs>
You've been listening to a Parish Council production.